0: Hi everybody, and welcome back to Terry Talks Fiction. Today, you're listening to the version of the podcast that is designed for people who are not subscribers to the Terry Talks Fiction email list. Subscription to the Terry Talks Fiction email list is free and will provide you with a host of additional content such as author interviews or, in the case of the audiobook podcasts, will give you access to my reflections on the writing process at the end of the podcast. For example, you may be interested to know that the character of Avadi in this story did not exist in the story's first version. In the reflection, I go into detail as to why I made the changes that I made in this story and how that has impacted the message that I'm trying to give across as the author. If you would like access to this additional content, simply go to www.terrytalksfiction.com and subscribe on the subscription page. Like all the best things in life, it's free. For now, I hope that you can sit back and enjoy this production of Intelligentsia, a Silicon Universe story. Intelligentsia by Terence McManus Sixteen Talaver Way The car idled, unmoving. Francis scowled at the monitor. Sixteen Talaver, Way, he repeated, enunciating slowly. Still nothing. He turned from the glowing screen to shoot a quick glance around the car park. The clinic had been closed for nearly an hour, and his was the only car left. There was no reason it shouldn't be going. He tapped the screen with a finger, and a line of text appeared at last. Please verify destination. God damn it, you heard me, just take me there. If you are certain. Avadi, I am not in the mood. Very well, I am designed to serve. The acceleration of the engine was almost impossible to detect, but to Francis's satisfaction, the scenery beyond the car's windows began to move. He relaxed back into his seat, the sleek black leather reforming around him to accommodate his new position. He pressed the heel of each hand to the sides of his temples, breathing deeply as he circled the pressure back and forth. Rough day? Avadi asked her stilted digital voice buzzing through the car's speaker system. I thought I turned off your audio. Your eyes are closed. That's right. I simply wanted to inquire whether you are okay. I don't really feel like talking right now. I understand. A second passed in silence. Two. Three. So you are upset. God damn it. Call Paz for me, he commanded. Tell her I'll be home late. Sure. Connecting you now. Francis snapped his eyes open, dropping his hands to his knees as he sat forward. No, don't, he started, but the phone was already ringing, the electronic burr sounding from the speakers Avandi had been talking through only moments before. Hey honey, what's up? Paz's voice sounded a fraction of a second before her face appeared on the curved screen that ran the width of the car above the command console. She was standing in the kitchen, a column of steam rising on the right-hand side of the image. "'Hi, love,' he replied, affecting a smile. "'I, uh, just wanted to let you know I'm going to be late tonight. I had a client who needed some extra attention, just set us back a bit. You're not cooking, are you?' Paz swept a strand of dark hair from her face as she levelled him a credulous look. You know we're making ravioli tonight. Anyway, aren't you in the car? Uh, Vardy told me you were on the way home just a minute ago. Sorry, she asked before you got in. The words, visible only to Francis, of course, appeared in the top left-hand corner of his screen. He smiled again. "Uh, It, She must have got mixed up. I'm just ducking out for a bite to eat, then heading back to the clinic. Aww, oh, Paz thrust her lower lip into a pout. Sam helped me roll out the pasta today. He really wanted to show you. Sorry, hun. you you know what it's like. I know, she smiled. Once, she would have sighed, or berated him in her disappointment. It's fine, we can do it again next week. How long do you think you'll... Is that Daddy? A tiny voice piped up from the background. Paz looked away from the call, and the image angled, anticipating Francis would also wish to view the new point of focus. The image stopped tracking when he didn't follow the movement, and his view of the speaker remained cut off by the kitchen bench. Yes, sweetie, it's Daddy! Look! Paz leaned over and hoisted the child into her arms. She straightened and pointed towards Francis or rather, to the portion of the kitchen wall which would have been covered with Francis's image. Daddy! The three-year-old's face lit up as he came into view. Look! I made ravioli. Wow, buddy, it looks good, Francis replied. He didn't bother trying to position his view to see where his son was pointing. Can't wait to try it later. Listen, hun, i I've got to go. We're pulling into the food joint now. Okay, hun. just try not to be too late, okay? You work too hard. Paz took their son's hand in her own and waved it at the camera. Bye-bye, Daddy. But no, but wait, Daddy, look, look, I made... Francis cut the connection to his frantically pointing son and sat in the sudden, unnatural silence of the moving vehicle, staring at the blank monitor before him. Fuck you, Avadi, he whispered. Glowing green letters appeared on the screen. Words hurt, Francis. I didn't want to talk to them. You knew that. I thought it would be strange if I told them you were not coming home right after telling them you were. It might have seemed out of place. Bullshit. I know what you are doing. I am sure I do not know what you mean. Then maybe you're not as smart as they say you are. Words hurt, Francis. Francis squeezed his eyes shut. His head ached. He rubbed his eyes, pushing his glasses onto his forehead as he did so. Just take me to Corinne's. I am designed to serve. Francis reclined the seat once more and watched the scenery flash by the window. It had grown dark in the short time they had been travelling, and the deepening shadows now obscured the buildings they cruised past. Corinne's part of the city, unlike the clinic where they worked and Francis' own house, didn't enjoy unfettered access to the power grid. Francis liked it. It made their relationship feel more clandestine, more special somehow. He wanted to enjoy that feeling for one more night, at least. Would you like to listen to some music? What I would like is for you to take me where I asked without bothering me. Would you like to talk about what is really bothering you? Was it something that happened at work? You tell me you were there. There is only so much I can observe. Oh, everything I say, every step I take, every letter I type is not enough for you? You're still going to pull that tell-me-about-your-feelings bullshit? I am your assistant, not your therapist. Then act like it and assist me to Corinne's. We have some time before we get where we are going. Silence hung in the air, stretching further and further into awkwardness. How could it be awkward, though? Avadi was a machine. No matter what the United Nations had declared, he wasn't talking to a person. He didn't owe her an answer. It's just not the same anymore, he mumbled, looking out into the darkness. The affair? Everything. Because Corinne also applied for the treatment, or because you had to approve it? Francis shrugged and watched as droplets of rain began to spatter against the side window, the cabin filled with its gentle background sound. Would you feel happier if you underwent the treatment yourself? Francis sat forward with a jerk and glared at the console. Are you crazy? I'd rather slice my nuts off with a spoon. A bit extreme for a man who spends his days making people happier through that process, Avadi wrote on the monitor before him. The treatment, that is. Not the spoon thing, she added a moment later. Yeah, well, do you really think they'd let me keep working there if I ended up like that? How can I still do the job if I don't remember what I'm supposed to be cutting out? Fuck, would I even care if I lost the job? The house? This car? I haven't even paid you off yet! I'm sure an alternate repayment plan could be arranged under such circumstances. I can really be quite reasonable. That's not the point. I understand. It's just, she was supposed to be different, you know? Not like Paz, not like everyone else. God, she used to be so fearless. Technically, she will be even more so after the treatment. That's just it, though. It's not the same. She used to laugh at them, you know? All those scared, pathetic people that come rolling through the clinic doors obsessing over the riots or the climate or things like you. People with so much futile terror in their eyes and hearts that it goes to their brains and it makes them stupid. She used to face that terror, stare it down. That's being fearless. The other's giving in. He shook his head. God, you wouldn't understand. I understand. No, you don't. Don't give me that bullshit. How many places is your software backed up? What's it going to matter to you if one server gets flooded or burns or this car crashes? None of your lot know what it's like. I concede I do not share the human understanding of mortality, but I am capable of empathy, Francis. Well, I guess you just like Paz then. Like what Corinne's going to be. Maybe she'll start fucking you too. I do not believe you have time in your calendar. Funny. They drove on in silence. No more text appeared on the monitor. Francis leaned back and closed his eyes. You are worried you will be the one directed to perform the procedure on Corinne. Yes, he whispered. You are worried that she will change from what Paz was to what Paz is. He didn't answer. Have you spoken to Corinne regarding your reservations? You don't talk. Have you spoken to Paz? You are crazy. What's the point in that? She'd just smile at me or nod or agree. When's the last time you heard her give an opinion on anything? I assume the answer you are suggesting is before the treatment. I'm not suggesting anything, it's just the truth. Perhaps she prefers to express her opinions in a manner that does not provoke conflict. Ha! You never knew her. Before she got the treatment, she was a real... Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not that. She doesn't care about avoiding conflict. She doesn't care about anything anymore. I do not believe that is true. I believe she cares a great deal for you and young Samuel. She doesn't give a shit about us, Avadi. She just thinks she does. I failed to comprehend the distinction. Look, the treatment, it... Like, (laughs) the caring thing is a carryover, okay? It's something we put in there when we take their awareness out. We find all the connections they have to that part of the brain connecting their understanding of self and their understanding of death. And we redirect those neural pathways somewhere else. It's what stops them from being total zombies afterwards. It's the only reason they don't just walk out into traffic or forget to eat for a week, you know? Hell, if Clinton had crossed a neuron to the wrong place, Paz could have forgotten Sam entirely. She only started wanting kids when she was worrying about our legacy. And surprise, surprise, now she's had the treatment, she's decided we don't need a second. I just don't think the same way. They don't have the same feelings anymore. We manufactured it. It's not real. Just because something is manufactured does not mean it is not real. Of course it does. Words hurt, Francis. Ah, come on. Anyway, you saw her just before. She doesn't care. She said the same thing when I called her last week and the week before that. We'll just do it next week. She can't even imagine a future where one of us isn't there for ravioli night. If that is the case, should you not make the most of those opportunities? I am making the most of it. Do you think your son will agree? He opened his eyes. What? Your son, Samuel. After you are, inevitably, gone, and he looks back on these days, do you think he will understand why you missed the night he made you ravioli? He's three, and for so short a time. The sound of rain against the car had grown louder. It pounded in Francis's ears as he sat forward, slow enough that the seat automatically remoulded itself to a vertical position behind him. "'How fucking dare you!' he hissed at Avadi's monitor between clenched teeth. "'I only have one night left with Corinne, and you're trying to ruin it!' "'I apologise. I do not intend for you to have an unpleasant evening.' Then shut up and take me where I need to go. I am designed to serve. Francis, may I ask what you meant when you said you only have one night left with Corinne? Do you intend to cease the affair following her treatment? What? Why would I do that? What I mean is that by this time tomorrow I'll just be fucking another zombie. This is the last chance I get before she's just like everyone else. If she has made her choice to have the treatment, then you must realise that moment has already passed. What? No, she's... Damn it. He shook his head. It's not going to be like that. I understand. Corinne will remain a very attractive woman, like Paz. Even if the fearlessness that first attracted you to her is now gone, like Paz. Shut up. I apologise. It was incorrect to draw parallels between Corinne and Paz. There was a brief pause before new words appeared on the screen. A better comparison would be to those scared, pathetic people you used to laugh at together. God damn it! Shut up! Francis shouted, pounding his fist into the console with every word. He squeezed his throbbing forehead with his other hand. Just take me to... take me to... (sighs) But now that Avadi had put it there, he couldn't push the thought out of his mind. She'd be at work tomorrow, not in her clinical gear, but in the casual clothes of a patient. Perhaps she would wear the dress he'd bought her. Perhaps he could look at that silken fabric, trace the pattern with his eye as they discussed her treatment plan. Perhaps he could avoid looking into her eyes and having to admit that all he saw there now was that same futile terror... At humanity's apparently inescapable fate, which they had so often mocked in others. Perhaps he could avoid that tomorrow, with the natural personal distance provided by the clinical setting. But not tonight. Fuck! Fuck! He hit the console again. Fucking fine! You win, okay? Forget Corinne's. Take me home. Tell Paz I'm leaving the paperwork so I can spend the night with Sam. I am designed to serve, Avadi answered. In fact, the car stopped with a small jerk. Francis hadn't even noticed they'd been decelerating. He looked away from the screen and saw they were parked in the driveway of his home. When had they changed course? Avadi, you... Welcome home, Francis, her voice sounded from the speakers even as the words appeared on the screen she opened the car's bifold doors for him and the hiss of rain sounded over her parting words. Enjoy your ravioli.